Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Necessary Roughness Podcast, episode number 166, as always, presented by Last Word on Sports, and I'm your host, Nicholas Donatic. Hope you all had a fantastic week as we continue to push through the month of August and into the NFL regular season. We returned last weekend from our off-season hiatus, our usual, you know, summer break, if you will. And uh, if you didn't give that episode a listen, I implore you, go back so you can laugh at me in a few months like I will laugh at myself. We previewed the AFC. Um, Next week, we are going to break down postseason award picks, MVP, Coach of the Year, etc., and our Super Bowl prediction, but... This week, the National Football Conference, the conference of the Super Bowl loser. Shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get to them later. Um, We'll break down the ins and outs of the NFC East, West, North, and South. But first, we actually do have some NFL news to get to this week. Last week, we had the back catalog to get through. This week, we have some relatively topical things that I'd like to break down before we get into our division previews. So, number one here, and they're not really numbered, I guess, in terms of importance, but in terms of when they happen chronologically, uh, reportedly the Colts have told Jonathan Taylor, their star running back, hands down, I would say, their best offensive weapon. Uh, Many would argue easily a top five back in the league, best running back in the league. We can have that conversation. Um, They've told him he's allowed to seek a trade. And if you remember last weekend, if you did tune in, And I don't blame you if you didn't. You know, we kind of came back out of the blue. So I had the Colts winning their division last year, and obviously that exploded. And this year, I had them in third. Because, you know, I looked at them in the Texans, and I saw them as relatively similar. And I said, well, Jonathan Taylor is better than any offensive weapon on the Houston Texans roster as presently constructed. But I put the asterisk of, will Jonathan Taylor play all year? Will there be an injury that, you know what, he's going to play it safe and he's going to miss some time? Will there be a little bit of tension? Well, neither. The team is straight up telling him, yes, go seek a trade, we will trade you, which is a fascinating twist, because I believe Jim Irsay explicitly, Jim Irsay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, famous for putting foot in mouth, mind you, explicitly said that wasn't going to happen, but here we are. And it turns out it is, in fact, going to happen. Who's in, in terms of buyers for Jonathan Taylor? That's a great question that, I I mean, he's so talented, but what are they going to want for him? And we're especially in a point in the NFL right now where the running back position is greatly, I wouldn't say undervalued, but it's, it's getting there, right? We saw it with Saquon Barkley, where he was holding out, holding out, holding out, and then eventually just took the one-year deal, didn't even get anything back in terms of, oh, you can't franchise, tag me next year. And then just this week as well, we had Josh Jacobs take a one-year deal up to $12 million to return to the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders obviously moving on from Derek Carr, now in the Garoppolo era. Um, Wonder how Devontae Adams feels about that, but we'll find out as the season goes on, I'm sure. So that's another one off the market, so to speak. Austin Eckler, still unhappy about his contract with the LA Chargers. How's that going to play out? Could we see a situation where the Chargers are potentially interested in making a swap and sending Eckler to Indy for Taylor? I don't know. I doubt it. Life is not like a Madden NFL franchise, but 
Sometimes it is. Sometimes the swap that seems like it could be spicy does end up happening, so I'll put that out there. Speaking of a spicy move, the Dallas Cowboys this week and the New York football giants both acquired athletic players from the NFC West who had not really been panning out with their respective franchises. Now, the Giants, in exchange for a late-round pick, I believe it was a seventh, acquired Isaiah Simmons, who was an athletic specimen to where they didn't know if he was going to be a linebacker or a safety. I'm still not sure if the Giants know. I think they'll let him wind up where he winds up. I saw some some flashes, you know, in his time in Arizona, especially the athleticism jumps off the page. And then even today during the preseason game, Giants playing the Jets, you see him screaming off the edge on a play chasing down Aaron Rodgers. He runs past him, but he's still, he's still got that giddy up to him. Um, and then the Dallas Cowboys, in a much more interesting move, give up a mid-round draft pick to the San Francisco 49ers. So the Cardinals, a bad team, acquire a low pick for a high-ceiling player, right? And the 49ers, who are a good team, Arguably, when you take a look, and we'll get into uh, power rankings of sorts, probably, what, the second best team in the NFC, if not the best team, depending on who's doing the ratings here, right? Especially considering how much talent Philly lost in the offseason, both on the coaching staff and on the football field. They give them a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance, who just has not panned out in the slightest in San Francisco. My question would be, the question that many people are likely going to ask, what is Dallas going to use Trey Lance for? Now, clearly, if you're willing to give up a mid-round pick, you're confident there's some talent there and some value there. Right now, Dallas Cowboys, per their own official website, Dak Prescott at starter, Cooper Rush backup, Will Greer, third QB. I mean, Lance is going to make the team. They just traded a fourth-round pick for him. My question becomes, is Trey Lance going to be shoehorned into a Taysom Hill sort of Cordell Stewart, if you're old enough? I hope you are. I mean, if I'm old enough to know Cordell Stewart, most of y'all should, I assume. A slash kind of position where he's coming in to run some QB draws, maybe throw the occasional trick play action, maybe, you know, fake a handoff and then the halfback throws it to him. Is he going to be a gadget player? Because I don't even think Trey Lance has gotten the opportunity to be a quarterback yet. And it's just a little weird that he somehow finds himself in this position, and I I don't really get it. I mean, the guy does, he has athleticism. I'm not saying he's tremendous in what we've seen, but the fact of the matter is we haven't seen much at all. I mean, in terms of starts, he started four games career completion percentage of 55% in 100 attempts. Five touchdowns, three picks. The kid's thrown 100 passes. I mean, he's got 54 carries for 230 yards. If you're not confident, if you're confident he can't be a quarterback, then how can you be confident he can be a slash player if he's got less carries than passing attempts? I mean, how do you... It didn't really make sense to me. Uh, born and bred New Yorkers, so Cowboys making bonehead moves are, you know, nothing new, and they are something you root for, you know. But I guess it's worth a shot. Maybe he will be an X factor for them. Taysom Hill came out of nowhere as well. 
but to give up a mid-round pick for a guy that you're really just taking a random chance on, I assume it's the slash player thing, right? Because if it's not, then you just acquired a relatively expensive, and in terms of the capital you gave up, a relatively expensive backup quarterback for your actually expensive starting quarterback, who, oh, by the way, does have a history of occasionally getting injured, right? So it's just a little odd to me. It didn't really make much sense. We'll find out throughout the season, and you got to consider also, this is a Mike McCarthy-led team, so have they really ever implemented something like this? Like, I don't recall this being a thing, really, with the Green Bay Packers. I think Vince Young backed up there for a little while. Were they bringing in Vince Young to run random QB draws? I mean, Packer fans, if you're listening, or Cowboy fans, if I'm completely off the base here, let me know. Comment section, if where you're listening has a comment section, or social media, all social media, at Nick Donatic, N-I-K-D-O-N-A-D-I-C. Maybe I'm way off base here, but it's a little weird, folks. It's just a little weird. More news and notes before we get into the previews here. Um, Corey Davis of the New York Jets, who we talked about last week, would have to play a pretty decent role, in my opinion. Um or I thought might have a little bit more of a burst on the scene with Rodgers there, you'd think? Well, he retired. Um, Before he even reached the age of 30, it's a little odd, but you know what? We wish him the best of luck in his post-football career. Um, Yeah, the, the other thing on Trey Lance, it was reported earlier in the week that Sam Darnold had officially beaten him out for the backup QB role. I mean... I guess with Lance having been a high draft pick, you don't want Purdy, who's going to be the guy, necessarily looking over his shoulder. But, like, what reason would he have to be looking over his shoulder? Like, Lance hasn't done anything, and Purdy's done more than him. And Darnold's done even less. So, I I don't know. The whole thing's weird. Then you have this weird interaction between Tua Tungavailoa and Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark saying he wasn't in the gym, I'll bet you that. He's thick, he's built like the girls working at Onyx, presumably a club. Um, And Tua says, I'd appreciate if you kept my name out of your mouth, which is hilarious. What what are we talking about? What what the hell are we talking about here, guys? Are we we doing the... He looks out of shape? Is, Is that the implication? I mean, the picture in this article that I'm reading... Um... He looks like Tua Tungavailoa. He looks like he always looked. I mean, the guy's not built like, you know, Hulk Hogan on the juice, and he's not the tall, lanky, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady sort of guy. So I don't really understand where this was coming from out of Ryan Clark. And I'll be honest, re- reading this kind of kind of frustrated me because it was just so random. And I don't, like, you can take shots at a player for anything. You can take a shot at a guy because what? Because he doesn't look buff? Like, what kind of freaking weird critique are you setting up? Whatever. Whatever. Shout out to Ryan Clark. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan Clark. Good for you, buddy. Uh, CBS News with one here that we figured we'd throw in. Madden NFL 24 season simulation. Sometimes accurate, sometimes not so much. If you've played Madden, you get it. Dak Prescott leads Cowboys to one seed in MVP, but the Buccaneers make a Super Bowl run. No. Just, I'm going to go out on a limb here, guys. 
I'm sorry, Bucks fans. I'm going to go out on a limb. There will not be a Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl run with Baker Mayfield leading the show. It it will not be coming. Um, I'm sorry. I know you were excited. Maybe he gets benched and there's a John Walford sighting or Kyle Trask. Maybe. And I'm a Baker guy. I am. I, I was last year, and you know what? I think he'll be decent this year. There's still a core there in Mike Evans, Godwin, you know, decent running backs in Vaughn, White, and Edmonds. But no, no, that's not going to happen. Get get that out of here. How many simulations did you run? I mean, honestly, if I was in charge of writing that article and that's the result I got, I'd probably just quit the thing and make another simulation, right? Like, this isn't one of those John Boys-style videos where we did 100 simulations, or we ran all of these playbooks, this, that, and the third. Like, no, they probably just sat down, did it once, and then... All right, cool, write the article. And you know what? You get people like me talking about it, and maybe some of you guys out there will go and read it. So you know what? I guess it did the job. But, man, is that goofy. Anyway, now that we're through the news and notes portion, let's get to the part that everyone is here for, the part that's in the title of the episode. Let's go 2023-2024 NFC preview. Now, I remind you of last year's picks. I'll do this every year, and I'll do this every time, because honestly, you can go back and look it up, but it's a lot easier if I do it, so you guys don't have to. Um, I was way off on my picks last year because of a couple of surprise teams, let's be frank. I had the Packers winning the North. That did not happen. I had the Rams winning the West. I could not have predicted injuries. I did have the Eagles and Cowboys fighting for the NFC East lead. I believe I went Philly. And I had the Bucks winning the South. Obviously, I didn't predict them being as bad as they wound up. I did, however, not have the Seahawks and Giants in the playoffs. I had them in last place. So... For what it's worth, my accuracy seems to be a lot better with the American Football Conference than the NFC, but there are two conferences. We're going to break them both down. Let's start with the division of the NFC reigning champion, the NFC East, and let's start from last place to first. I've got the Washington Commanders coming in last place, and I don't really think this needs to be explained. Um, we talked, I believe it was last episode, if not, yeah, no, it had to have been last episode, we just came back. Uh, I talked about Sam Howell and how I actually am a Sam Howell fan from the little bits of him that I've seen. I like Scary Terry, he's tremendous, though he's battling an injury, unclear if he's gonna play week one. Curtis Samuel, pretty good. Jahan Dotson, alright. Their backfield is a couple of guys pitching in, but you know what, they get the job done. On the defensive side, on that D-line, they still have Sweat. They still have Chase Young, who had his fifth year declined, which means he might play out of his mind. Uh, Not super high on their secondary guys, but you know what? I'm willing to be impressed. It comes down to, this is ostensibly Howell's rookie season. Terry's already battling injuries. And this is kind of a hard division. I'll be honest with you. Maybe this is a little bit of homerism, as I always say. New York guy. I get it. But truly, I think this is a little bit of a hard division. I think the Commanders can stick with the Giants. They can stick with Dallas a little bit if they limit the mistakes. You know what I mean? If Howell's consistent and manages the game a little bit and the running game is going. Um, But I think Philly is 
is is too much for them. So maybe they'll steal a couple games from the other two, but I've got them in last place. Third place, I've got the Dallas Cowboys. They've got Tony Pollard coming off of a significant injury. No Zeke Elliott. He's gone. CeeDee Lamb, darn good. Brandon Cooks, deep threat. Michael Gallup, eh, I mean, I was a big Michael Gallup guy, but I think Michael Gallup kind of let me down when I was looking for him um, when it mattered. I think this team is pretty good. I do, and they've got playmakers. Everybody knows Diggs. They've got Gilmore. They've got Micah Parsons, who's a consistent threat to be a, you know, Lawrence Taylor-ish sort of run at linebacker. I get it. Um, However, the lack of Zeke and Tony Pollard being the lead guy, I'm going to need to see it to believe it. Not knocking Tony Pollard. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's better than Zeke at this point, easily. But he hasn't been the lead back yet. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Third place for the Dallas Cowboys. Second place, it might be Homer. We're taking the New York football Giants. I think Daniel Jones, and as much as you want to knock him, which is fair, right? You can knock Daniel Jones for somehow winding up with like $40 million a year being a mediocre quarterback, which is accurate, right? It's 100% accurate. He's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. However, New York Giants teams have won with middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks before, and they'll win with middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks again, I tell you that much. The team is the team is comfortable in that situation. I've liked what I've seen in spurts from Eric Gray in the preseason, bringing in James Robinson, an experienced back, to be a backup to Barkley. I like it. It's not all on Barkley. I like Isaiah Hodgins. I like Darius Slayton. I like Sterling Shepard. I like Jalen Hyatt. You know what I mean? They bring in Darren Waller to be the best tight end this team has had in years. This offense should be improved. Mind you, this is an offensive-minded head coach in Brian Dable. This offense should be improved in his second season. The defense kept the bulk of their core pieces. What's not to love? Is the team tremendous? Is it the best team in the league? No. Are they better than Philly? For my money, right now, unfortunately, I'm going to go with no. But... I do think that this team can hang with Dallas, and if they can get that out of their head. I think certain teams wind up in a situation where they've lost to another team over and over and over, and unfortunately for Giants fans, the New York Giants have been getting punked by the Dallas Cowboys for a handful of years here now. They need to put on their their big boy pants and hold serve in week one. They need to do what they got to do. However, I've still got to put the Philadelphia Eagles as the best team in the division. I've got to I've got to be honest, look, I wasn't a Jalen Hurts believer this time a year ago. I was like, "Eh, he's probably pretty good. I don't know. I have as a passer, I don't know. No, he's really good." And look, around him is a tremendous skill position group and a tremendous core, I would say. Are their receivers the best in the league? No, but I think DeVonte Smith is really good. I think AJ Brown is really good. Quez Watkins, when he's not dropping deep balls, is a pretty darn good wide receiver. Goddard at tight end, filling in amicably 
for the aging and traded away Zach Ertz. They've still got Kelsey on the O-line. They've still got Lane Johnson. It's a good team, guys. It might be the best team in the NFC. That defense, I know they lost starters, right? I know they lost coaches. It's still a really good team. And for that reason, I've got Philly repeating and winning the NFC East yet again. Giants in second place, contending for a wild card. You could make the argument going through this NFC, there could be a third team from the NFC East contending for a wild card as well. But we're not picking wild cards this week, like I said. We'll talk about contenders and things like that. But I don't want to get ironed down to a number, to to a specific team until we go through it next episode. So, that'll take us to, let's jump from the east to the west, shall we? Worst team potentially in football, the Arizona Cardinals. Without Kyler Murray for a while there, probably the bulk of the season, if not the whole season, is it going to be the Colt McCoy show? Sounds awful. Um, Hollywood Brown, number one wideout, still real good. I mean, his biggest thing is that he's got the speed. Can Colt McCoy get it down there to him? Probably not. Uh, Zach Ertz, probably going to get a heck of a lot of targets. <laughs> Underneath routes, little crossing routes, sure. Um, they traded away Isaiah Simmons, as we said. Buda Baker had previously requested a trade. Will he be on this team at the end of the season? Will it be a Minka Fitzpatrick situation where he's traded midway through the year? I can see that happening if the right offer is made. Darn good player. Um, there's some athleticism on this offense, and James Conner's a decent back, but guys, this team's just bad. This team is not it. And they're not trying to be it, right? Like, that's that's the thing. At the end of the day, I think they realize as well what this season is, right? Jonathan Gannon just coming in, new head coach. Let's take our lumps. If we're going to stick with Kyler, we'll stick with Kyler. If we're going to wind up making a move for a quarterback in the upcoming draft, I think the rating Heisman winner, the QB out of UFC, USC, excuse me, um, might be eligible. Is that a move they'd want to make? More prototypical than Kyler Murray? Move on from Kyler? Would anyone else be interested? Ship him to, I don't know, who's going to be in the quarterback mark at the end of the year? We'll find out. Maybe Kirk Cousins wins the Super Bowl and goes out on top. Um, I doubt that one, and I seriously doubt this Arizona team. So I've got the Cardinals in last, and I think you can make an argument, like I said, worst team in the NFC, potentially. Potentially worst team in the league. Third place, this one was interesting for me because I've got the Rams in third. I was not, throughout the bulk of last season, a Seahawks bandwagon fan. I wouldn't say fan, but I wasn't on their bandwagon, right? And it's mostly tied to the fact that, I'm, I mean, really, like Geno Smith, really, that's what we're doing. But you know what? You look at their team. Kenneth Walker at running back is legit. Tyler Lockett's still going. They bring in Smith and Jigba. And Jiba? We've had this conversation before. DK Metcalf, still there. No offense, athleticism at tight end. I mean, they bring back Bobby Wagner for a last hurrah. Some athleticism in their secondary. You know what? I think I've got him above the Rams. I mean, I get it. The big names are still there. Cooper Cup's there. He's back. Hopefully he'll be good all year. Matthew Stafford's back. Hopefully he's not, like, you know, you don't want to say washed, but hopefully that injury didn't take a serious toll, 
We talked last year going into the season that he was dealing with, I believe it was an elbow, and they said, oh, yeah, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. He did not look fine. He was not fine. Um, you'd hope it's because of the injury and it's something he can come back with. Just with, He just needed more time. Okay, fine. Um, if it's a long-lasting thing, that's a problem. That's a big problem. They're running Cam Akers out there as a lead back per their own depth chart. I, I'm, am I a Cam Akers enjoyer? It's a decent running back. But you're talking about a time where, I mean, Josh Jacobs was potentially available if you want to make a trade. What do they have left to trade is the question. I know they've traded picks left, right, and center. Um, they've still got Aaron Donald out there on the defense. Jalen Ramsey no longer with the squadron. Um, I just don't think this team is really that good. It's going to come down to will there be a resurgence from Matt Stafford? If Matt Stafford looks like the Super Bowl champion Matt Stafford, sure. they, they could. This NFC is not super-duper strong. They could sneak into a playoff spot, and once you're in, you could do anything. Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford can get you anywhere, and Aaron Donald getting double and triple teamed can get you anywhere. As we stand right now, I've got Rams in third, and I've got Seahawks in second. First place in this division, it's it's got to be San Francisco. Now, I don't know if I'm fully on... And look, this could be a flashback moment here. I said last year, you know, wasn't fully on board with Jalen Hurts. I wasn't. I I thought, oh, well, you know, he's got the athleticism. He's not the best passer. Is he the best passer in the league? No, he's not Patrick Mahomes, right? But he just led a team to a Super Bowl. He's legit. Well, I mean, Brock Purdy... Well, you know, smaller sample size, obviously. Way different skill sets. I get it. But Brock Purdy kind of snuck in, took that job, and was a blown-out arm away from having a fighting chance to go to that big game. Will I be looking back on this saying, well, you know, Brock Purdy, reigning MVP, where did I get that one wrong? Probably not. But I do see them winning this division. George Kittle, still there. The production isn't at a level as it used to be, but he's still very talented. Um, Debo Samuel, tremendous. Christian McCaffrey, tremendous. Elijah Mitchell, good change of pace. I like Brandon Ayuk, right? Ray 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 McLeod. Some of the guys, they factor in here and there, and then they kind of get lost in the sauce some games, but that's all right. Um, On the defensive side, bringing in Cleland Farrell, who didn't really work out in his first stop in the NFL, but you know what? Change of scenery, let's see what happens, right? Crazier things have happened, and it's worked before, you know? Coming out of, uh, I believe it was Clemson, I thought he'd be pretty darn good. In his first four years, he's got ten sacks. That's not it. That's not it. Uh, They've still got Warner and Greenlaw at the linebacker position. I mean, yeah, this team is great. It wouldn't shock me in the slightest if we saw them in Philly playing for the NFC crown. Two really darn good teams representing the East and West in my preseason prediction. Speaking of which, we didn't bring this up at the top like we did with the other one. Uh, NFL scheduling. If you are a fan of whatever team and you want the easy recipe to know who you're playing, NFC East this year is going to be taking on the NFC West, the AFC East, and their 17th game will be against one AFC West opponent, respectively. Uh, The NFC West, which we just did, as we said, going to play the East. Going to play the AFC North, 
and their 17th game will be against the AFC South. The NFC North, which we'll head to next, they'll be taking on the NFC South, the AFC West, and their 17th game against the AFC North. And process of elimination, if you know what I'm talking about here, the NFC South taking on the North, taking on the AFC South, and their 17th game against the AFC West. Now, obviously, you're probably just going to Google the team that you're a fan of and look at their schedule, but if you're wondering as we're going through here and you have a note, say, well, Nick, if these teams are going to be playing against a weaker, let's say, NFC South, shouldn't so-and-so maybe get a wild card spot over another team? Maybe. Let me know what you think. I'll read it over. We'll look through the schedule. We'll play it by ear. But either way, let's move on to the NFC North. And in last place, I'm going to have to put the team that just lost their Hall of Fame quarterback. I have seen very little out of out of uh, Jordan Love, excuse me. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think this is much of a core um, right now. Per the team's website, starting tight end Luke Musgrave, wide receivers Romeo Dubes or Dobbs. We've had this conversation before as well. Samari Torre, Christian Watson, whose name I have heard before. Uh, they've still got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. They're going to have to do a lot because there's going to be a stacked box quite often. The defense is still talented. They've got Kenny Clark. They've got, uh, you know, Walker and Gary at linebacker. I'm a fan of theirs. Jair Alexander, still a tremendous corner. Darnell Savage, great name, pretty good player. I, It's just not. Even if Jordan Love has a good year, I don't think this team is playoff ready, right? Like, Packer fan, you got to know what I mean. Aaron, let's say, magically, Aaron Rodgers was still the quarterback of this team. These receivers are not it. They're not it, dude. And look, I get it. You're going to be a run-first team. But no. Like, this is a QB you know nothing about. How are you supposed to evaluate Jordan Love's abilities when he's throwing to Samari Toure, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Romeo Dubes, we're going with Dubes, and Christian Watson. Romeo Dubes, if it's Dobbs, message me personally. I'll apologize, and we'll go with Dobbs. Either way, this is not the core that you can evaluate Jordan Love. You're going to wind up picking high, and you're going to wind up picking a quarterback. Unless, who knows, maybe he plays decent and they'll pick a wideout, right? And that'll be the move, you know? I mean, we saw the Falcons pick Drake London pretty darn high. Anything is possible. And the Falcons, who's their QB? Exactly. Anyway, um, we'll get to the Falcons later. Uh, Coming off of a decently successful season, all things considered. But the Packers, I don't think this year is going to be successful. Next, we've got third place, and I've got the Chicago Bears. I've seen I've seen spurts of play from Justin Fields that make him look like Michael Vick and then spurts of Chicago Bears offense, I'm not putting it all on him, that make it look like either I, I don't even know, do they know the plays? Like what's going on out there? I mean, I know they they've bulked up at the wide receiver position. They brought in DJ Moore, they brought in Chase Claypool during the season last year, right? Cole Komet at tight end, I like. Darnell Mooney, decent. I get it. 
the defense I'm not crazy about. I just don't think the team is, is good enough. And I think this is reasonably an open division. I think the North and South are open to win, right? The East has the entrenched winner of the conference from last year. The West has the quote-unquote entrenched, I would say. San Francisco 49ers, who were really good last year. They were in the Super Bowl just a handful of years ago, right? This North is wide open. I've got Chicago coming in third because I just need to see it. I need to see it before I, before I predict it here, right? I mean, I think Justin Fields had a decent year last year. He had 17 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. I get it. They didn't have good receivers. I don't know if they have great receivers now. He ran for 1,150 yards. And the other problem that always comes into play, if your QB is going to run the ball 150 times, he's going to likely get nicked up. It may not be a serious injury. It might be an, a bulky knee. It might be an ankle here and there. He might get horse collared and whip his neck, right? He might land on a shoulder, which is worst, worst, worst case scenario. You got to worry about that going in. For that reason, I've got him above Green Bay. I wouldn't say easily. I was pondering if I should say easily better than the Packers. But I, I just don't think they're in the top two in this division. I think Detroit and Minnesota are going to be duking it out for the tops of this division. And right now, right now, I am leaning Minnesota's going to win it. So I've got Detroit at number two with Jared Goff and the running back committee of Jamar Jefferson and Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery. And, you know, I get it. The team was, was really good. They came out of nowhere last year. I don't know about really good, but they were pretty good. Amon Ross St. Brown, great player. Jamison Williams, I think he's facing a suspension. Is that right? Marvin Jones Jr. still hanging around. There's only so far that the grit and the coaching ability of Dan Campbell can get you. Do I think Minnesota's going to be worse without Dalvin Cook? Yeah. But I think Alexander Madison's a pretty darn good running back. And I think TJ Hawkinson was a great get in division. Justin Jefferson, one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the league. Kirk Cousins, decent quarterback. They've got some veterans on that defense in Daniil Hunter and Jordan Hicks and guys like Harrison Smith, right? Am I crazy about their cornerbacks? No, but in this division, that's all right, right? And as much as Jared Goff had a, a great year last year. We've seen him pretty good before. Would it absolutely shock anyone if he had a little bit of a regression? Not trying to speak it into existence, Lions fans. I'm just saying. Give me Minnesota to hold on and win the North. Next, we head to the NFC South, which is a complete and utter cluster. Complete and utter cluster. Miles Sanders in as the running back for the Carolina Panthers. I've got Carolina in last. Uh, rookie quarterback, backed up by Andy Dalton. Not a bad veteran to help teach you the ropes a little bit. Um, DJ Chark, decent wide out, right? Adam Thielen, pretty good, but aging. It's just... The thing about this division, you look at the quarterbacks here, I would be shocked 
and I will go as far as to say shocked, if the NFC is represented in the Super Bowl by any team in this division. We're talking Bryce Young, could be a superstar, but he's, he's young. He's a rookie, no pun intended. If he bursts on the scene and tears it up, Cam Newton style, anything's possible, right? But we're talking a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young. Baker Mayfield on stop number, what is this, four? Falcons depth chart, Desmond Ritter, listed as number one QB. And the Saints with Derek Carr and famous Jameis backing him up. I mean, it's a big ask. I'm putting Carolina in last. I think Miles Sanders is a good back, but I think the Philadelphia Eagles are more... Their parts don't... I'm trying to think about how to phrase it. You know how they say the sum of, they're more than the sum of their parts? There you go. I think Miles Sanders is not an elite running back, but in a system where he has... Jalen Hurts, who can pull it and pop it to the outside or run straight over you himself. Hey, Miles Sanders is pretty darn good. Is he a good back? Yeah, of course. But Philly made him look real good. Just like DeMarco Murray when he was in Dallas looked real good. And then he got to Philly and not so much. Am I saying Miles Sanders is going to have a super down year? No. And he does have Bryce Young, who does have athleticism, but I'm not buying it. Panthers in last. I'm torn on on who I think is going to win this division. Because I look at the talent on a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, when I sat down to record this, I'm like, oh yeah, the Bucs are going to be in, what, third? I mean, you look at the Bucs roster versus the Falcons roster. Let's talk wide receivers magically the, the Falcons list three receivers on the whole website uh, Drake London okay Kaderil Hodge Frank Darby tight end Parker Hesse you're talking about wide receivers in Tampa Bay Mike Evans Chris Godwin tight end K. Dotton alright fair enough but you know Cordero Patterson was great for Atlanta last year both in the receiving you know I think he was pretty darn good receiving and he was great just as a shockingly good running back. Because he has that, I guess, they saw the vision he has on kick returns, and like, yeah, what if we just make him a running back? Sure, perfect. And it was money. I mean, we saw Tavon Austin years ago bounce around position to position, but I would never say, not since college, was he a true blue running back. They let Cordero do his thing. You know what? I'm, I'm putting the Falcons in third. I really am. I thought the Falcons team was pretty darn good last year. But the more I look at it, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced this team is going to be that great. I've got them in third. I've got the Bucks in second. I'm baiting myself again. I will be wrong. Do not bet on these things. I will be wrong, and Baker Mayfield will let me down yet again, like he let down oh so many fans over the years. Shout out to Baker. But, yeah, why not? Let's take the Buccaneers in second, which would theoretically throw them in the wild card hunt. And I'd say first place, I'm taking the Saints by default because they have Derek Carr. I know Derek Carr was near the league lead in interceptions last year. I don't really think he played all that bad. Maybe I'm wrong on that. You know, maybe the pro football focus numbers or any of the people with deeper analytics say he looked awful. 
when I saw him, he didn't look great, but change of scenery, remotivated. Um, you know what? I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Derek Carr. He's got Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams fresh off of a tremendous season in Detroit. Maybe Michael Thomas will play football this year. Taysom Hill still sticking around doing Swiss Army Knife stuff, along with Jawan Johnson, who I think is a pretty underrated contributor at tight end. I like Chris Olave, right? They've still got some of the veterans sticking around. Demario Davis at linebacker, Cameron Jordan on the D-line, the Honey Badger in the secondary with Marshawn Lattimore. I'm talking myself more and more into it. I'm on the Saints. Give me the Saints. I've got Falcons, number three, Carolina, number four, Buccaneers, number two, and the Saints up at the top of the division. So before we end this episode, as usual, teams in the hunt, teams to watch, right? I would have Detroit right there, right? I think them in Minnesota, it should be a back and forth fight unless we see that aforementioned regression from Jared Goff, which I'm not realistically expecting, but it wouldn't be impossible, right? He had a good coach in L.A., and he still found ways to not necessarily be the best player. Um, I've got the Bucks in the hunt. I've got Seattle. Actually, yeah, Detroit and Seattle should probably be near the top there with the Giants in terms of for wild card teams, surprising teams. Um, Like I said, Maybe Tampa Bay, maybe the talent is just enough. Maybe Baker has a resurgence. I think Baker's still a pretty darn talented player, but evidently I'm wrong because it hasn't been there uh, in the past handful of years. Uh, And like I said, maybe the Rams. Matt Stafford, if he's Matt Stafford, I could see it. I could see that happening, and I could see them being uh, a shockingly decent team. Is Do they have enough to beat a Philly or a San Francisco, time will tell. Right now, I would lean no, but the thing is, it doesn't matter what I'm leaning right now. At this time last year, I said the Giants were a last-place team, Seattle was a last-place team. I was dead wrong. This time last year, I was debating Chargers versus Chiefs. You tell me from last year how that turned out. Which one of those teams was better? Come on. That'll bring us to the end of episode number 166 of the Necessary Roughness podcast presented by Last Word on Sports, the NFC preview episode for the 2023-2024 NFL season. Join us next week. We're going to talk NFL preview. We are going to break down Super Bowl picks, end-of-year awards, and also, finally, we are going to preview the first NFL game of the year, September 7th will be Chiefs versus Lions. We're going to break that down. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty. And, of course, we're totally not going to pick the defending champ because they totally don't win almost every year. Don't do that. Definitely don't do that. Uh, Tell you what, if Detroit wants to put the league on notice, go out there and beat the Chiefs. Opening night. But that's coming next weekend. Be sure to stick around. Tune in. As always, I'm your host, Nicholas Donatic, signing off.